Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 6th. It's five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. You can follow along on YouTube if you'd like by typing in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Let's talk about the strike, this potential strike with the United Auto Workers members overwhelmingly granted union leaders authorization to strike. This is during their ongoing contract negotiations. Right now it involves General Motors, Ford Motors and Stellantis. Uh, there is an uh, there. There are two parts to this, and first of all, let's uh, number one. Yeah, there is a reality in business, and I will say this as someone who has been on both sides of the business, signing the check on the front and signing mm-hmm. the check on the back. Mm-hmm. That if there is a limit for which for that which you ask, by which you can and will be replaced, and the amount of money that these people are asking for is an incredible, incredible amount of money, and there's no possible way that these demands could be met and this company continued to form anything, uh, produce anything that remotely resembles a profit. And uh, look, there's a reason you're seeing in places like McDonald's that the kiosk that takes the order now is the predominant thing. Why? Because McDonald's said, man, these lunatics are believing this Bernie Sanders bullcrap about $15 an hour. Well, you know how much a kiosk costs? Zero dollars mm-hmm. an hour. Thanks. Next. Yeah. And this is right where these people are headed. They are pushing these co- companies by irresponsible demands into automation and they're more than happy to do it. So it was voted on by 97% of the combined members of the union. They all want this. And let's talk about some of the demands. They want a 46% wage increase. (laughs) 46%. They also want restoration of their traditional pensions. Besides the 46% wage increase, they also want cost of living increases. Oh! That's on top of it. On top? I thought the raise was the cost of living increase. And they also want to reduce the work week to 32 hours from 40 hours. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's get to the second part of this. The reason they're behaving, and by the way, if if you are hearing this and your blood is boiling, get, you know, you're amongst tens of thousands of people hearing us right now. But the reason they're doing this is because time and again, look no further than the Obama administration, these auto workers and these companies they work for have ridiculous demands, but because they're unionized and the Democrat Party, the core of the Democrat Party remains these unions because of essentially money that is funneled to them from the unions will do anything to make sure that they're taken care of as we saw in that 08, 9, 10 period where these companies should have just been allowed to go under and then new companies will form, Toyota, et cetera, who are are and have, have thrived throughout this whole thing. They're very confident that Joe Biden will figure out a way to use taxpayer money to protect them. Yeah, bail them out. Uh, you think you can find anybody that will justify their demands? Like, why do they think they're so special that they deserve a 46% 
wage increase and cost of living. It, it be, and they, well, they think it because they have been told in the past because of your voting, what you represent as a voting block, the Democrat Party, if they are in control of the levers of government, will absolutely not be afraid to help you. Now, this is not saying that good people who do good work should not be rewarded. It's not saying that in any shape, form, or fashion. What it's saying is this is utterly ridiculous, it is utterly tone deaf, and it is utterly 100% absolutely not going to happen. That is not a good faith negotiation, which is supposed to be the premise of the union and management, and they are banking on when it doesn't happen, then they'll go out and cry victim, and they will have Grandpa Joe Mm. and Kamala and the rest of the Good Time Fun Gang badmouth the management and the company and try to strong arm to get these people what they want. So the United Auto Workers, they have 820 $25 million in a strike fund. The strike pay is $500 per week for each member. They raised that. It used to be $275. Now it's up to $500. Can you imagine that? $500 to not go to work? Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? It's a hell of a deal. Right. Yeah. $825 million in that fund. It will last 11 weeks. Now, it does not include their health insurance. They have to pay that separate temporary cobra plans but they could do this for 11 weeks back in 2019 they went on a 40 day strike Uh and it cost general motors 3.6 billion dollars look and people are free to do whatever they want to do with their time and their money and their treasure but the idea that you surrender your individualism to a collective block of people whose interest is not necessarily yours or your family's has always been very, very, very perplexing to me. And part of life is what you give up for what you get. And again, that sounds like some sort of Kamala Harris word salad, but it's not. What I'm saying is I work here. There are other places given the business experience that I have, the education that I have, that I could work where I could go and I could make markedly more money than I do being in radio. However, I've made the choice that the hours here are really good. Our management is really hands-off as long as we produce and they give us the freedom to produce and a large part of what we do in preparation for this, in fact, almost all of it, is allowed to be done at home. And so for me, the better move was I'll work here for less money and have a management that I like and I'll work a second job with a management that I like. And collectively, everyone works around me to make my life better. I don't come when we're number one in the in the demo or the money demo and pound my fist and go to our boss, I want a 46% raise because that's not negotiating in good faith. You would be laughed out of, of the room. Of course you would. It's rid- And then you couple the other things they're just throwing on there for good measure. Did they ask for housing as well? I'm curious how many of those people were strong-armed. You know, they, they, by 97%, they voted to do this, but how many of them were strong-armed? It reminds me of the teachers' union. Sure, well... You know, like, they pay into that, and not all of the teachers agree with what's going on. Well, look, there's a lot of very fine workers, and this is, it, it is not... It sounds like it's an indictment on the unions. I guess it is an indictment on the union leadership. It's not an indictment on the workers themselves. Mm-hmm. But part of what you've got to do, and we've made this case on the teachers. It's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, I, I talk to and deal with a lot of people uh, with my second job who are 
union people Mm -hmm. and they're union people and they listen to this program and they're fans of this program and they they recognize the things we're talking about here. And when when we talk about the angry red-shirted teachers, we're always very clear to say not all teachers are certainly that. However, those are the people who speak for you. Those maniacs that go to the state house wearing their red shirts, they tell people they're a reflection of you. It's not just the interpretation. They speak for you. Mm-hmm. When those teachers were trying to cut the line during the COVID shot ahead of the elderly people, they were speaking for you. I know they aren't you. I know they don't reflect you, but your silence allows those people to claim and essentially by default they are speaking for you same thing here this is insane and any and it, it, it's asking for a 46 percent raise the public at large looks at this and goes you are ridiculous <laughs> and now i want you to get nothing because you're ridiculous yeah you you went too far it is 13 minutes after 11 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc let's talk about your good friend diego morales and oh, what he's got going no. on not only is he the secretary of state he's also in charge of elections within <laughs> this state yeah, you're talking about, talking about real quick i i want to remind everybody that the guy who, according to paperwork, was once fired from the Secretary of State's office, Mm -hmm. the guy who was then, according to paperwork, about to be fired a second time from the Secretary of State's office before he quit, and a guy who somehow magically figured out a way to vote in a county different from where he takes his home, took his homestead tax credit, is in charge of elections Mm -hmm. in the state of Indiana. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to describe the ineptitude, incompetence, and just total buffoonery of the Indiana Republican Party in a nutshell, it would be that for which I have just laid out to you. And by the way, follow up, you want to know how inept the Democrat Party is and how radically left those people are? Destiny Wells lost to this guy by 14 points. Okay, so he is encouraging all Diego Morales is. He is encouraging all eligible people to register to vote or to update a registration. In fact, they even had a booth at the fair. Why? Well, Why? that's the thing I'm curious. Is there a quota? Is this something that he can go brag about later? I got X amount of people registered to vote. The, the, the gov, the go, and this is this just makes my blood boil. The government should not be telling you to register to vote. The government should be allowing you to register to vote if you indeed decide that you want to vote. If a campaign or a political party or whatever convinces you it is in your best interest to register to vote, then the government should be uh, complicit in that. They should be helpful in that. They should take your paperwork. And as long as you fill it out properly, if you have a question about that, fine. But the government should not be using taxpayer money, my money, to beg people to register to vote. If you need to be begged to register to vote, there's a great chance you're not voting the way I'm going to be voting. And I don't want my money begging you to be a part of the political process. Well, I'm wondering why do it then? What's the point other than to flex? That's what it is. It's these guys. It's like, have you ever seen... You and I had this conversation off air today, Casey. We have a mutual business acquaintance who we believe is incredibly overpaid and does minimal Mm -hmm. work for the money that he accepts. (laughs) And God bless him. He's doing it legally above board. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this. However, this person... Has to prove his worth. Yes, and will regularly find stupid, pointless, actually unproductive, busy work 
for others to have to do to justify the money that he is accepting because otherwise somebody would go, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. In the case of Diego Morales, he is a bum. He is a loser. He is a zero. He is an incompetent buffoon. So he goes out and does something like this and go, look at all the people that I'm registering to vote. Right. That is not the job of the government. The government is, if you register to vote, to confirm you are who you are, mm -hmm. that everything matches up, okay, you're registered, and, and, and conduct the election process. Not beg people to, to try to be a part of it, but that's all he has because he hasn't had an original thought in his entire life. Okay, so if you would like to vote... You have to be registered by October 10th, and you can register at indianavoters.com or at the county clerk's office. It is 17 minutes. Wait, wait, wait. We just did that announcement for free. I know. I mean, how much money do you think it would have cost Diego Morales to get that announcement out? <laughs> by the way. I don't know. He had, a, he had a whole thing at the fair. By the way, I thought Diego, I, real quick, just since we're on this. Remember, you also remember Diego hired his brother-in-law. Mm -hmm. You may remember that. Yes. That was like his first. He's still working there. First thing that he did was like a six-figure salary mm -hmm. for his brother-in-law, who I don't believe had any sort of like qualification to run the thing that he's running. Remember when Diego spent 40, what was it, like 43000 on that campaign car? Mm -hmm. And I thought he had assured everyone, now somebody correct me if I'm wrong on this, that he was absolutely going to just get rid of that car once the the, uh, the yeah. campaign was over. Yeah. Uh, has he... Has he, uh, has he gotten, was there some press release I missed where he uh, fulfilled he his it? promise? Uh, no? Oh, boy. <laughs> I haven't heard anything. Boy. Still got that car. And the and this shows how much, this shows how much Eric Holcomb is hated inside the Republican Party. You want to know why Micah Beckwith is going to beat the brakes off whoever is the lieutenant governor choice at the convention? The Republic, the conservative base of the Republican Party in the state, who are the delegates of the convention, hate Holcomb so much that they were willing to pick this moron and loser over Holcomb's hand-picked stooge, Holly Sullivan. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so yesterday we were talking about wishing for a healthy baby, right? Yes. Apparently, you can't do that anymore. What? Yeah, and we're going to talk about it coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. tell you, Rob, I'm a little disappointed. What? 21 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. This really should have been our lead story because it is the cutest thing ever. Baby elephant born at the Indianapolis Zoo. Oh, the, I thought we were going to do the this. The mom was in labor on Labor well, Day. Shoot, I thought we were going to do the story about the broad who spent 12 hours at the Golden Corral. Yeah, what is that? Please, uh, so tell wait, me more. Wait, How could you spend 12 hours? Wait, time out, because I don't want to, the animal rights activists will be angry at us if we don't get the full thing in here. So what, there was an elephant born at the zoo? Yeah. Is that a rare thing? Uh, yeah, it was 17 years since the last one. Uh, 262 pounds, doesn't have a name yet. It was born at 262 pounds? Yes! Hammer weighed 258.8 <laughs> in his last weigh-in. So that 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 the elephant, little, little baby that's elephant. great perspective, isn't it? Yeah. That elephant is the same size. It's Jason Hammer. Hammer. <laughs> so uh, when elephants have babies, and I'm totally naive to this, is it like nine 
months or is Oh, it, I don't know what the gestation is. is it, I do know that this elephant did not choose to become pregnant. She was inseminated. What? Oh, what? What? Yes. What do you mean it was inseminated? It was, How long are elephants <laughs> pregnant? Let's see here. Let's see what it says. It's exciting news. Uh, let's see. Here. Three years? Wow. No wonder it was 262 no, wait, pounds. Wait, 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 wait. That can't be right. I think it's like 10 months. What? No way. Yeah. No. No way is an elephant pregnant for three years. Well, let's see here. Elephant gestation period longer than any living mammal. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading this story here. This is from BBC Earth. Uh, Asian elephant, it's 18 to 22 months. Wow. Yeah, pregnant for an average of 22 months, while Asian elephants, it's 18 to 22 months. So almost two years. Can you imagine, Casey, you have been pregnant? No, I cannot imagine. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Wow. Can you imagine? I mean, your baby was eight pounds. Yeah. Could you imagine? Uh, Double it. Well, and yeah, I mean, that time frame, it's like at the end of the pregnancy, any woman who has been pregnant, by the way, only women can get pregnant, so only women would know this, Mm -hmm. you are ready to have that thing out of out of you. Hey, I want to get to your woman who spent a whole day at a restaurant eating off the all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> but because we're talking about this, uh, babies, how about this woman online who got yelled at for praying for a healthy baby? Isn't this crazy? We have we have reached a level on cancel culture, so this woman is an influencer, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, how do you become an influencer? You post every day, multiple times a day, but, and then people would, follow but you. But wouldn't we be influencers? We're because- original influencers. Yeah, because we have literally every hour tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. who consume yes. our voices. Yes, yeah, so that's so a fantastic be... thing about this broadcast. We're original influencers, and it's free. I mean, as our good friend Trucker John said in his now famous rap, mm-hmm. is that what it means to serve Hoosiers well? <laughs> I mean, don't, aren't we? I mean, why don't we get a title? We get as many people as anybody else they're just not on the internet they're on the Mm -hmm. radio Mm -hmm. i should be an influencer you are you are on the internet you're on youtube that's right now hey how is everybody right now in fact absolutely but this woman her name is kim perry and she was updating her two hundred thousand followers with the news that she was pregnant (laughs) she was doing a little dance yeah showing off the little baby bump right yeah absolutely and she said that she was and this was all happening on tiktok and she said that she was wishing for a healthy baby of course i think that's something most parents do when they find out what that would they're going to have a what baby. What would you do? Wish for an unhealthy baby? Well, and that's what somebody was saying. That, what, unhealthy children don't deserve love? Oh, Why do people great. have to get negative? She didn't say that unhealthy baby would not be loved. She was just saying she was wishing for the best. Uh, oh. Praying for a healthy baby. Well, and I was chuckling about this this morning, not this particular thing, but I was chuckling at the internet because sometimes I just so love to open up my phone and you've really got to, if you're going to be a person that engages on the internet, you've got to be a person who compartmentalizes Mm -hmm. and you have to, like, 90% of my posts are done with a chuckle because I know the response I'll get and then the the chuckle continues with the responses because people will just, I mean, it's just guns, Guns blazing, right? As though you're harming me by responding to my post on the internet. Ooh. Um, but I was thinking, you know, the internet has really given rise to completely otherwise miserable people to find some sort of relevance in their existence. Mm-hmm. And that relevance is I can 
attempt to put myself on the level of the people I'm otherwise not on the level with. And so in this case, you have somebody who might have 100 followers. Well, they feel better about themselves because they've bitched at this lady who has 200,000 followers. Right, exactly. It's ridiculous. If you're uh, expecting or you know somebody who is, it's okay if they want to pray for a healthy baby. You should. You should pray for a healthy baby. And if the baby is not healthy, then you love it and you try to nurse it back to health Mm -hmm. unconditionally. But absolutely, you should totally pray for a healthy baby and everyone else can kiss off the world is filled with miserable people. Someone who's not miserable, Casey, yeah. is this woman who spent 12 hours at a Golden Corral and just kept eating, and we have to talk about it when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet, and you're going to eat all that you can. At least this woman did. 1131 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Jason Hammer back in the studio because uh, we feel like this is right up your alley, huh? I wanted you back in for this because I know you love a good buffet. You have done unspeakable things at buffets (laughs) over the years, and this story just seemed like it was right up your alley. And what we're talking about, Hammer, is the story's up at WIBC.com. A woman spent 12 hours in one day at a golden corral last month eating so first of all (laughs) it's a shame that i'm already married because that sounds like wife material right there you put a ring on it now do we know what uh, said woman looks like here yeah there's a picture it's not i mean it's not great but she's eating so you don't know you know but we're not talking about some 300 pound sumo no, wrestler no, no, no. Chick, I mean, she, right? seems, she seems all right like a normal person on okay. tiktok so a normal person who spends 12 hours at a golden corral like if you're spending that much time there and again nobody loves a buffet more than i do that tells me you don't want to go somewhere else so what's going on in her home life yeah does she not have a job is she depressed does eating make her happy uh these are all things that i think warrant a conversation here so she paid 12 dollars. she went to the breakfast mm-hmm. one and then she just decided she wasn't going to leave and she offered to pay she did, they came and took her plate and everything, mm-hmm. and she just said, "Hey, I want to stay here. I'll pay for another buffet." And they said, "No, no, no, sweetie, it's fine. You can just stay here since you're already here." And so she said, "Screw it. I guess I'm going to stay the rest of the day." So that woman ate all day for twelve dollars. Now, as much as you want to tie me into this story, there's a lot of Rob Kendall into this woman <laughs> because she's so cheap <laughs> that she would stay just to get the lunch covered. That just reeks of something that Rob Kendall would do. Last night, my wife goes, hey, I'm really feeling like uh, I'd like to get a pizza tonight. And I just looked at her and I said, look at all this food we have in the fridge. She's like, it's been there for a week and a half. But look at all this food we have Mm -hmm. in the fridge. She gave birth to your child. (laughs) (laughs) We're not feeding the child. We're feeding us. She Uh, wants pizza. Eat pizza. What's the longest you've ever spent in like in one is there any buffet memory where you say this is my <laughs> this is my flu game of, 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 of buffets where I just went above all possible reasonable human expectations? Oh wow! Probably in high school because, like, again, my home away from home, my home court was the Ponderosa yeah. that was on Emerson and Thompson. Yeah, and like. Our football team and our basketball teams, the coaches would take us out the night before games and, you know, we, we'd all eat as a team. Uh-huh. Well, sometimes we'd get there and you start talking to your buddies. You know, we'd get to Ponderosa at six. I'd be there to close it down still. <laughs> Why did Ponderosa fail? COVID. 
Like buffets went basically belly up Mm -hmm. during COVID. Only a few made it out. Like Golden Corral was able to make it out uh, toward the end of 2020. That's when people realized, okay, maybe we've been had here. And some started to come back. Like the garage food hall was around at the end of 2020. Yeah. But uh, a lot of them could not survive COVID. I, I used to go to, and obviously I have to get home now when I get off work, but I used to maybe once or twice a month go to the Golden Corral on 38th Street. And it was 10 something with tax for the buffet. Well, that's there's some decent meat. Now, is it prime rib? No, of right. course not. But I mean, you know, you can get you could sit there and eat meat all afternoon. You can have the salad bar yes. if you didn't want to be complete fatty McButter pants. You could do a lot of things. Now, I have a real problem with Gray Brothers Cafeteria. I believe it's called. Don't in, you speak bad about Gray Brothers? No, cafeteria. no, it's my. I, they're fantastic. I've got the problem. Although it's not a buffet, it's not all you can eat. It's you a walk, cafeteria. Cafeteria. Style. You walk yeah. down the line, right? Are you right. like Bluto? Are you just stepping eggs? <laughs> I get to the pie section and I'm walking out with $60 worth of pies. Yeah, Yeah, those pies will get you. And the fried chicken at Gray Brothers, oh man. And they do have the roast beef and the mashed potatoes and the mac and cheese and just everything. You think you're going to go for one thing. One of my favorite things to do when we go down to Tennessee, because my vacation spots range from Florida to Vegas to Tennessee. And in the Pigeon Forge area, Mm -hmm. there's a place called the Wood Grill Buffet. And it's carving stations, all the steak. They're making steaks for you right there in front. Oh, yeah. All you can eat. Oh, it's the best. (laughs) The uh, One of the things, obviously, we've seen the death of 38th Street in our life, and it is markedly different now than when you and I were, were kids. It was a somewhat thriving area. And the mall was still somewhat passable, and obviously none of that exists like 38th anymore. 38th Street, way back in the day, was like Meridian yes. Street now. Yes, and one of the things that was there as a kid that brought me great comfort and joy was they had an old country buffet oh. there on 38th Street, and I don't know if old country buffet is even a thing anymore or not. I think it's still a thing. You down with OCB? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, look, I, I I know you're very busy getting your award-winning show together, but I said, we're going to do this story on this woman who mm-hmm. spent $12. You can find the story at WIBC.com. Spent a whole day $12, there. three e- meals. Yeah. And, Hammer's and, Heroes. That's yeah. what we should dub this woman. Yeah, I mean, that, that, is a, that is a strong, 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 strong value. Hammer, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Our- coming up, we've got... How do you say her name? Lail. Lail Hill. Yeah, so Lail Hill. So remember last week we had talked, two weeks ago I guess this was, we had talked about the Stop It app. Yeah. Which is an app that kids in public schools across central Indiana are getting access to to be able to report uh, things going on in their lives or maybe their friends' lives. And we kind of had some red flags, some serious questions about this. Lail's going to be with us. She does a, a lot of work with mental health issues. She's been a, you know, a victim's rights advocate for a long time. She's going to give us a little bit of a different take. And while we heard before some things you should be concerned about with the app, mm-hmm. she's going to give us a take on why it might be a good thing for young kids to have access to this. This is what we do, Casey. We're problem solvers. We're going to present both sides of the Stop It app. And she joins us next on 93 WIBC. If you see me coming your way, better give me plenty space. If I tell you that I'm hungry, then won't you feed my face? Because I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm really, really fat. You know I'm fat, fat, I'm fat, you know I'm fat, fat, I'm fat. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. That's the sound of the men working on the chain gang. That's the sound of 93 WIBC. Yes, the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Casey, do you remember? I guess this was a couple weeks ago. We had uh, our old friend Kristen Berklick on. Uh, She's kind of digs into local school related policy in the state of Indiana. And we were talking about the Stop It app. Yeah. Now, this app, it is supposed to allow individuals to anonymously report safety, misconduct, or compliance concerns. Yeah, and on the surface, it seems like, hey, that's kind of a good thing. It's something that, you know, we should all kind of support, that if kids are being bullied or intimidated or whatever. But in the modern world in which, let's face it, public education and the public education system has not been earning the trust of parents. And a lot of people have kind of raised their hand and said, well, what the hell is this thing? And it instantaneously, the default position, because public education has abused the trust of parents on on many levels, have had a lot of concerns. So we said, look, if you are a person who knows a little bit more about this, if you're a person with some experience in this area, we'd love to hear from you because our goal here, Casey, and I think one of the reasons we're, we're so respected as a show is we want to get it right and we want to show as many sides as we can because we want good public policy no matter what that public policy is. And we had somebody who has some experience with this and knows a little bit about this Stop It app who said, hey, there's more to it than meets the eye. Let's introduce her now. She joins us on the drivehubler.com hotline. Her name is Lael Hill. She's the executive director for Mental Health America of Hendricks County. Lael, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Always, always good to be on your show. Yeah, Thanks great. And, and uh, let, let's point out, years ago, Lael uh, actually joined the Hammer and Nigel show to tell them uh, you did a big expose on Britney Spears. Is that correct? <laughs> I did. I'm always happy to talk about Britney Spears and her diagnosis and the fact that she should not be back on a conservatorship just because she's going through a divorce. And Rob, I will tell you, it is alleged that the person she was having an affair with was your partner, Jason Hammer. <laughs> All right, so let's get to something very serious here, which is the Stop It app. And so okay. you said, hey, wait a second, there is some merit to this, you know, this app. And while it's right that people should be asking questions, there there is some validity to this. Lael, kids all across central Indiana, school districts are using this. Tell us kind of, you know, a very high level why you think this Stop It app is a valuable thing for kids in central Indiana. Yeah, thank you so much. So a little bit of my background is I was a crisis interventionist social worker for over 15 years. As you know, we've talked about this. I've served victims of human trafficking, child abuse, uh, domestic violence, and families impacted by homicide across all 92 counties in the state. Uh, So I have a, a, a broad knowledge of what's really happening in our communities when it comes to child abuse and neglect. I also served on the board of directors for Prevent Child Abuse Hendricks County eight years. So this is a very... Um, uh, a topic that I'm passionate about, and I have two kids in, in Brownsburg school. So I, I read, you know, I, I really want to stress to parents that I think it's great they're asking questions and. And we should be more transparent with with these things. My agency is happy to partner with the schools to offer things like webinars on uh, the Stop It app so that parents can ask questions and and our communities can deliver the answer. But I I just want to add, throw out some statistics here and why I think it's important. Every nine minutes, 
in our country, DCS substantiates, substantiates uh, abuse claims of sexual abuse with children. Indiana ranks number five in the country uh, by the CDC for high school rapes reported around, uh, uh, I can't talk, sorry, uh, with young girls, okay? And then 93% of victims of sexual abuse that are kids know the perpetrator. And these kids are in school eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. And so if they, if they talk to a friend or a friend finds out from them, oh, my friend um, is, you know, selling herself um, to a human trafficker or my friend is saying that she's having intercourse with a teacher, um, those really need to be reported. But kids need to feel safe when they report that. If they don't feel safe, meaning one you know, the whole adage, snitches get stitches. And number two, a lot of times abusers threaten kids. If they don't feel safe, they're not going to report it. If they don't report it, that kid is going to continue to be abused. And then that perpetrator is going to continue to abuse uh, and commit more crimes. So that's why, that's my lens of it and why I think it's really important. Um, and we can get into more statistics and data. But it's really, I'm, I feel that it's a safety a, a way to uh, give kids a safe environment to report what's really going on in their lives. Which a lot hey, of hey, Lael, let, let me, I just want to introduce you to our audience who, who may be uh, just tuning in. Lael Hill's our guest. She's with uh, the, she's the executive director for Mental Health America of Hendricks County. And we're talking about this Stop It app, which is available to kids in many school districts across central Indiana. You and I t- talked offline, and one of the things I think we kind of share a concern on, and Casey, you can pop in on this as well, obviously, it, because you have a daughter who not all that long ago was in high school. These things just sort of show up. Like, we're doing more right now with what we do with Kristen and now what we're doing with you we're doing more to be transparent about what this thing is and the pros and maybe the cons of it than the school systems are doing doesn't some of the onus fall on them to you know hey have these big meetings and you know put this out there and do emails and mailers and have Q and A's because I think a lot of it is the mistrust that maybe something is great but because we're not transparent about it people default to what are you trying to get over on me I, I completely can appreciate that stance, Rob. I, I understand as a parent myself. I, I can tell you I'm not sure if, if it was in the email and transparency. What I can tell you, and Casey probably knows that being a parent, is that we get so many emails. There is so much going on with schools when it comes to sports, academics, apps. I have like four apps I got to read through. I think that a lot of times schools do send out information, but we get really overwhelmed with how much information we're getting, and so we could miss it. But one thing I will say is that I think we all need to do better at conflict resolution between the school districts and parents and and set aside our differences and come to the table and talk and listen to each other and say, how do we create an environment that keeps our kids safe but also respects the rights of, of parents? I think that we need to have a lot of conflict resolution, and that that's not happening, which is causing more, uh, more of a divide between parents and school districts. So how can we as communities bring that together, start fresh, 
start the conversation and then make changes so that these things more are more transparent. Lael, I understand what you're saying about all of the different apps that parents are to download when their children are in school. I mean, you've got the Where's the Bus app, and then you have um, the assignment apps, the Canvas or whatever we're using today. Oh, I, get, I get like 20 emails yeah. a day. But I, I think a lot of people have a concern about this app, this Stop It app, when it comes to privacy. Can you speak on that? So I I read through the Stop It app policies. I read through the school's policies, and they, they claim that it is 100% anonymous. They do not ask for information um, when you're reporting. They don't require students to put in their name and contact information. And they say that it's 100% anonymous. So I'm, you know, I, I hope, I, I mean, I choose to believe them. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, that would be a concern of mine if it wasn't anonymous for sure in the modern era and Lael, you and i are pretty close in age and casey you're close-ish in age <laughs> <laughs> you know it was like there used to be this idea you know they they'll they'll see something say something mm-hmm. type of thing and Lael, are you saying that directly saying something to someone is not a thing or it's harder for kids to do that and this anonymous platform is a way that better allows them to freely talk about some traumatic experience they may be going through? Absolutely. Yeah, you, you hit the, the head on the nail. Is that the right? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> nail, he, nail, on the, nail on the head. Nail yes, on absolutely. The head. Absolutely. So, you know, kids, kids, um, one, there's a, there's a culture, like, like I mentioned, of snitches get stitches. They don't want to get in drama. They already have a lot of drama in their lives. But oftentimes, you know, a lot of these abusers and perpetrators, kids, can, kids, kids are witnesses to it. And if they're not victims, they are witnesses to it. And it's very likely that these abusers that are adults could threaten them and their families that if they say something, um, they will they will be, you know, harmed. <laughs> and that's not uncommon. That's very scary. I've seen that in my work. Um, so that's how perpetrators get away with this and why the prevalence of sexual child sexual abuse is so rampant, um, especially in our state. We've seen a lot about uh, human trafficking, obviously, with the success of the movie Sound of Freedom. And recently over the summer, I took a road trip from uh, Indianapolis all the way down to uh, Florida. And there used to be signs in the rest areas about properly washing your hands, COVID signs. And in these mm-hmm. rest areas, is those signs have all been replaced with human trafficking signs. And I'm wondering, can you just give us a couple things that people should look for in regards to if, if you suspect someone is experiencing that? Oh, I love, thank you so much for asking this question. There's so many misconceptions. It's not, Liam Neeson isn't going to come out of the corners Mm -hmm. and protect, you know, our teenagers. The reality is, is that victims of human trafficking oftentimes don't know they're victims. They're groomed at a very young age. They typically come from homes where they're not getting that Maslow's hierarchy of needs met, right? So 
uh, the groomer uh, or abuser, trafficker, will will first provide those needs. They'll get their nails done. They'll feed them. They make them believe that they really are their boyfriend and, and that they love them. And then they start forcing them to have intercourse um, for money. And so the signs that we see, there's several signs. One, uh, victims that are children, they don't typically believe they're victims. They are very protective of their abuser. Two, um, traffickers actually brand their victims as sick. They put, they give them tattoos. So look for tattoos. Like a lot of them have barcodes. Some of them have their traffickers name that says, you know, um, Joe's property. Um, they have uh, some, some victims have a, a crown tattoo. Uh, you can go online and look for some of the signs of the tattoos that these victims have because they are considered a certain trafficker's property and other traffickers are not supposed to traffic them. Mm. Um, and, and then also it's so important to have these signs in bathrooms and in hospitals because if they seek medical care, a lot of times their trafficker is with them. They're controlling them all the time. So if they can go to the bathroom and they see that, you know, are, are you being trafficked? You know, there is help. Here's the 1-800 national hotline for human trafficking. So it's a, it's a huge, huge problem. It's not the van pulling up and, and kidnapping your daughter scenario. You could literally be getting your nails done, Casey, and be sitting next to a teenage traffic victim and not know it. Uh, Lael Hill, the executive director for Mental Health America of Hendricks County. I think we need to have Lael back for just yeah. this topic, Casey, because I think it's big enough. And obviously, we only have so much time today. And we want to talk about this Stop It app because, uh, Lael, and we'll give you the final word here. I think we can all agree, no matter what, we need transparency on, on all this. Kid, parents have the right to know what their kids are being given at school. And uh, really, the onus on that ultimately rests not just with the school corporation, but the community as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the bottom line is that we as parents and educators care about our children very much. We care about their safety, their well-being. These things impact them for the rest of their life. And I think at the end of the day, and our agency is happy to facilitate this, is I'd like to bring parents and educators back to the table, sit down and say, all right, Let's come together, let's listen to each other's concerns, and let's start to identify the solutions, not the problems. And then from there, we can work out a good plan for transparency, and we can all be on the same page so that we're raising the next generation of, of Brownsburg and Hoosier children that are going to be wonderful adults in our society. Yeah, I love it. All right, Executive Director for Mental Health America of Hendricks County, Lael Hill. You're the best. Thank you. I am. Thank you. All right. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. We're going to catch you back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.